Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. everyone hello happy holidays here we are we're at the end of november for me it feels like i've run towards a finish line and i have my arms outstretched and i've run through the ribbon i i've won the race really just that i've i've made it this far that's what i'm celebrating so i hope you guys had a great thanksgiving this week Two things. We are going to talk about chapters 21 through 34. So it starts right after Brittany had her second child and she's back in her body and she can't believe uh, that she doesn't have a belly anymore. That's how she puts it. And she feels great being in her body again, which we know Brittany has great mind-body connection. And then it goes all the way to Vegas. When she's about to go to Vegas, she has finished the X Factor. We don't get anything about the X Factor, only that she didn't like having the job and that she feels as though people like Katy Perry are, are better suited for a job like that. And it's true. But we don't get any behind the scenes of her and Demi Lovato, her and Simon Cowell. And, you know, I always remember Simon Cowell in an interview talking about how I think he just, he he put it simply, like, Britney's a very strange woman, something like that, something to the effect of that. And I almost, in reading this, you know, we, we've, we've been talking about this a lot. I've been talking about this. You guys have been responding in my DMs about how Britney sometimes doesn't really, like, you wonder. She leaves us with more questions is what I'm getting to. And you wonder if she, if there are blank spaces for her, like if it, it's it's not um, a vivid picture to her. And it's really interesting the things that she wants to talk about versus the things I want to hear about. 
And that's where I'm at with my relationship with Brittany. You know, my my relationship with Brittany, it, it ebbs and it flows. It's like a child, a, like a great childhood friend. And sometimes you don't speak for years. Then once you're reconnected, it's like nothing had ever happened. Uh, also, you know, where I'm like, Brittany, why aren't you telling us about this? Why aren't you telling us anything about the X factor in that time? And, and you know, I am being being pushy. It's like I, I would like to know what kind of medications she was on at this time. And you might say, Jen, that's none of your business. Sure, but this is a tell-all book, you know? So I don't know, that's, that's where I'm at. But the last line, I'm jumping ahead to the very last line of the, of the chapter 34 today when she is talking about how Larry comes to her and he pitches the idea of going to Vegas and she says, okay, I've got nothing to lose. Why not? My heart isn't in making music. And I think she doesn't say this, but I'm reading between the lines. I think it's that Brittany was like, it's time to dance. It's time to perform. And that she was hoping that that would give her her spark back. Because the only thing she does say is that she wasn't into recording music anymore. But the last line, I, I have to ask, do we think Brittany wrote this line? Because she said, I went to Vegas the way everyone goes to Vegas, hoping to win. Do we think, did Brittany's fingers hit the keyboard and write that line? Now, there's lots of different ways to write. You know, if you're just speaking into a voice recorder, that is writing. That is writing. I just want you all to know the behind the scenes secrets of Hollywood. You know, if you're if you're a writer, it doesn't always mean you're taking the fingers and you're hitting the keyboard. So perhaps she said something like this and her ghostwriter, you know, helped it along. But also you have to imagine the ghostwriter who is metabolizing all of this information from Brittany, whether it be in person, voice memos, emails, what have you. The thrill that that person must have have gotten when they wrote the line, I went to Vegas the way everyone goes to Vegas, hoping to win. They must have shut that computer and been like, well, 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 I have, I have earned my keep here today. Earned my keep. So bravo to that person, to the ghostwriter. I'm just going to go ahead and, and give them credit. It's a collaboration. A collaboration. Okay, a couple of things are standing out to me in these chapters, you guys, and I just need to get into it. This is when Brittany talks to us about the Benjamin Button of it all. And if you read the book, you know, if you haven't read the book, which some of you are not reading the book, not listening to the book, and just listening to this podcast, and bless you for that, bless you for that. But Brittany talks about feeling like Benjamin Button, where she is aging backwards at certain times in her life that really this begins around this time of the conservatorship and 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 she and 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 before and she had heard that this happens a lot uh, with people who have experienced trauma in their childhood when they see someone who is also going through a traumatic experience or they encounter a, a child or their own child at the age of which they, they experienced a trauma that it triggers something and you go back to being that age. 
I have said for a very long time that a lot of famous people who became famous when they're children, they remain at that age. Whatever age you become famous at is the age you, you kind of always remain. Even you, you try so hard, you know, to, to, you know, go to therapy, learn about yourself and grow. But even if you do all of that, there's just a tiny piece of you that becomes stunted and stays at that age. And sometimes it can be a tender thing. You just remain at that age because it's kind of like your worldview changes slightly, changes slightly because something happens when you become famous where the it's like it's like a globe okay it's like a globe on a on a little is it a spindle what's that called when it when it it's rotating like in a in a classroom or in a librarian's office lair okay and the globe is turning and you're you're looking say you're looking at the united states on the globe and then you just slightly turn the globe we're looking at something different we're looking at it from a different angle and that's what happens to someone when they become famous. And it's not because they're seeing the world differently. Their experience of the world is differently because the world is looking at them differently. And a couple of times, Britney also doesn't understand that she is Britney Spears. Now, that's a tough thing to to say to someone. It's like, do you understand that you're Britney Spears? Because it means something obviously different to us than it would be to Britney herself. But when she talks about making the Blackout album, she says, great people were working with me. And it just all happened by word of mouth. And it's like, it wasn't word of mouth. Word of mouth doesn't count when you're Britney Spears. Word of mouth doesn't exist when you're Britney Spears. You are you are the biggest pop star possibly to ever live People want to work with you because of that. I just thought that was very, very sweet. Uh, and I, it is, it is interesting, her experience of herself and the trying to kind of get into her psyche to understand these things that she wants to talk about and, and her memory of certain things and her point of view on certain things. When she talks about getting a divorce from Kevin and she talks she she says something to the effect of that she was taken advantage of because then she was also paying for his legal fees because she was the one who who filed for divorce first even though she was told to do that she knew Kevin wanted to file for divorce and her people suggested she do it first to save face and then Brittany said but there were all these other things that come with that but she thinks that Kevin is taking advantage of her by paying for the legal fees. And this is when we're getting to see and understand where where Brittany is at in her maturity level. Because everyone knows that you if you're if you're the breadwinner, if and especially if you're the famous party and you're going through a divorce that you you pay for your legal fees and you also pay for your spouse's legal fees. It's not great, but it is it is what happens. And so it's like, no, you weren't being taken advantage of. That's just literally the the system. And so it also is not surprising then that she just accepted 
what was happening to her when she was going through the conservatorship and not knowing that she did have some rights to at least speak to a lawyer, choose her own lawyer, uh, things like that. But she takes things very personally. Vin- uh, Brittany is a very emotional. She's very, as she was saying in, in last week's episode, you know, we, we touched upon how Brittany said she can feel the emotions of people in, you know, states over from her. When someone walks in the room, you're taking on that energy. And I have so much empathy and compassion. As I was reading this, I started to go to to my personal shadow side. And so, you know, we all, we're all, we all, you know, people, people are complex, people. People are complicated, people are complex, and we all have many sides to ourselves, and especially when thinking about our own mental health. So me personally, I have something called PMDD, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And what happens is, it is not my hormones, it is not my hormones, but when my hormones do shift, a little, little lesson for, for some of us, Basically, what it's not PMS, but what happens is my brain breaks. My psychiatrist explained it to me that it's like when you're on your computer and all of a sudden it it's it's over your computer's overwhelmed and you got the circle and it just keeps going in the colorful circle and it's just going round and round and round and everything's frozen. That's what happens to my brain, and so you it can trigger depression, uh, a paranoia, and in extreme cases. It can trigger suicidal ideation, um, horrible self-talk, all of these, all of these things. And for so many years, I didn't have a diagnosis. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And also, the second you have your cycle, it's like it never happened. So it's truly like you're like that was weird, and you could be as you're snapped out of having any dark thoughts about yourself. So it's a real wild ride, guys. But thankfully, I. And I'm so, so, so grateful that I have uh, medication. I have a great psychiatrist. I also, compared to now what I've been reading and, and meeting other people with PMDD, it's not an extreme case. But when I'm in that state, when I'm in and I'm having a bad PMDD month, and so it's two weeks that are pretty rough, and, uh, and if I'm not doing all the things to take care of myself, and so all of these symptoms then are really exasperated it as I was reading the chapters when Brittany is talking about her mental state and really going to dark places I was clutching my heart and I just kept writing oh oh Brittany no oh Brittany no in in my book and I am the most grateful for her for sharing this it's like do I need to know what was going on in the X Factor and her relationship with Demi Lovato. I actually don't. I would prefer to hear Brittany talk about what it was like living in her head during that time. And because she absorbs the energy around her, which I also understand, I have a a version of that, but clearly not as sensitive to it as Brittany. I'm sure that then when her dad is walking in the room and saying, I'm Britney Spears now. And the way she described, she has this little desk area in her house and she has a bowl that she would put her receipts in. 
I mean, this is this is a woman we put in a conservatorship. It's it's really it's really sad. I mean, Brittany was just experiencing, and she acknowledges this. So, it you know we we were we were right, you guys. Brittany was experiencing postpartum depression. She also lost her beloved Aunt Sandra, who seemed to be a real touchstone to having a strong adult figure in her life. Um, she passes and she has these two babies. Her husband wants nothing to do with her. Brittany also defends Kevin, okay? She was saying how he was just dragged in the press. And I thought this was really interesting is that I remember the second Brittany got divorced and she announced that she was getting divorced. She was in New York City and they put her in this really cute outfit. She was wearing a black dress with a black headband. Do we all remember it? And she went ice skating at Rockefeller Center. Do you remember this? Does everyone remember this? I just also said Rockefeller. Like she was at Rockefeller Center. She was doing this and that. But she was in New York and she went ice skating. And Us Weekly and all the tabloids were like, Britney's back. And I remember in one of these articles that they said that Britney the whole time was going, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And, and then it was just basically how Kevin is an idiot and we were all cheering. Now, Brittany, when you're reading the book, she didn't like that people trashed Kevin. She didn't like that. And it's, it is interesting to me that she also was feeling still in this place. And I, I can't even imagine the whiplash because it was tearing her down. You know, Matt Lauer, Diane Sawyer, all of these people just attacking her, Ryan Seacrest, the questions are always, how often do you see your kids? Do you think you're being the best mom you can be? What did you do that was so bad that made Justin leave and write this these, the, these songs about you? And then to say, she's back, she's amazing. Suddenly now she's going to be the best mom and what was dragging her down was this guy. But that never really clicked for her, that that was that that was what the the press at that point was was saying and trying to I mean it was a, a fucked up narrative for sure but and this this reminded me of you know more and more guys I am I am I'm I certainly would never refer to myself as a swifty but I'm understanding I'm understanding the what it means to be a Swifty and also why we have so much respect for Taylor. Again, the lyrics, the book itself, incredible, can't beat it. Okay, so Brittany was alone and she's being painted as this terrible mom. In reality, Brittany was just doing Adderall and going to a club and dancing. I'm sorry, I'm in my 40s now. My friends, who I don't have children, my friends who have kids, great freaking parents, great careers, they're doing drugs, okay? People are doing drugs. And it's like she just, she had a babysitter. She wasn't leaving kids alone at home. She was in her 20s. She wasn't even 30, okay? She wasn't even 30 years old. She's going out. She said, I was just having drinks and doing some Adderall. And at the time, she said it was the only thing that was curing my depression, I would love to talk to someone, a psychiatrist or someone who would could explain to me 
you know, what is it about Adderall? Does that make sense to, to that person of why Brittany would say that? So that's all she wanted to do was go and have a good time. And, and, and they treated it like she was, she was, you know, absolutely off her rocker. And I think that that pushed her further, further into her depression and paranoia. And she was being, you know, hunted by the paparazzi. It was like the perfect storm. And it just breaks my heart that someone didn't wrap their arms around her and say, are you okay? And also, you know, Brittany's immaturity of talking about the, I say that respectfully, her relationship with the photographer that she was with. For those of you who don't know, Brittany dated a paparazzo. And he seemed like a sleazeball. Brittany said that she loved being with him because basically he said, you can do whatever you want. You go, girl, like, you know, go do your thing, I think is how Brittany put it. And she loved that. And it's like she didn't have, there was there was no in-between. Her parents were telling her she was terrible, awful. And the boyfriend is like, yeah, be bad, be crazy. Like, go do Adderall. And no one was like, hey, how are you today? Can you describe how you're feeling? Maybe talk to someone. So it just, it pushed her off the ledge. Now, guys, we never talk about the Sam Lefty of it all. He's not even mentioned in the book, which makes me believe that there is a serious NDA. Can someone explain this to me? Can someone come into the DMs and tell me? Because I know you guys know. Someone out there knows because you guys come in my DMs and you sent me straight a lot of the times and it's very eye-opening. So can someone tell me what happened? There was a guy named Sam Lefty and there were all these rumors and I was hoping that some of this could be confirmed, denied in the book, but that he would drug her, that he would like mash up drugs and put it, you know, in her grits and stuff like that. So he's not mentioned at all in the book, but her parents you know, ripped her away from this boyfriend. Also, Brittany's like, I didn't realize he was married, but she, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And she does say like, I was bad. I was bad at the time. Now in a positive, a positive light, I want to talk about the making of blackout. This was one of my favorite sections of the book because Brittany you know, she talks a lot about the performance, the way things looked, felt. She's very into, you know, the the, the dancing and the, the whole picture. She doesn't really, and she talked, you know, of course, about her first album in the book and really just being in that, in the booth, wanting to get it right, knowing how she, you know, having instincts of how she wanted things to sound. But when she talks about blackout, it's, I mean, obviously, it's a very interesting time in her life. She had just had these babies. She's obviously, you know, she she has said she she was going through postpartum depression. She's in this horrible relationship with Kevin. You know, they're they're going to split. And she goes to the studio, comes together, starts working with great people. And it was her only time where she was just fully in the zone. Well, you know, we'll just say fully in the zone and she is there and the, you know, blackout is this. Some people say it's Britney's best album. Britney said it's by far 
her best album. She is so proud of it. Her sound was evolving and it was dark. Like you can feel there's like a grittiness, this like layer of grittiness. I remember at the time listening to the album and feeling slightly uncomfortable. Like I was like, is this Britney? Like, I don't know if this is the Britney I want her to be. And also my friend, my friend Kate Brubaker, I remember we had apartments that were basically across the street from each other. And we, we had this whole, this whole group, we were literally like the cast of friends. And so we were all getting ready one night to go out. And Kate was just like, no, this is the album. This is the moment. And you know, she was right. But Britney said the album was kind of a battle cry after years of being meticulous, trying to please my mom and my dad. It was my time to say, fuck you. I quit doing business the way I always had before. I started doing videos on the street myself. I would go into bars with a friend and a friend would just bring a camera and that's how we shot Gimme More. So I went and looked, I revisited Gimme More and I watched it three times. And you guys, Gimme More is the origin of Britney's Instagram videos. Instagram did not even exist at this time. I want you to go back. I want you to watch Gimme More. It is basically Britney's Instagram. And I just want to take a second because we're all like, oh, Britney's Instagram, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's she's kooky. Sometimes we'll say like, oh, is she okay? You know, all of these things. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. We all support our girl, but some things are, they. it makes you, it can bring up a feeling of, of is she okay? All right. However, Brittany is so creative. At the end of the day, she is an artist. It is original. And also let's talk about the evolution of Brittany's Instagram dance videos. Okay. When left to her own devices, like she was on the Gimme More video. Okay. At first, do you remember there was the runway videos where Brittany would walk a runway in her hallway of her home and just model clothing. She would walk up and down. Then there was, we switched over to, there was swaying side to side modeling clothes. It was just like a hip pop, a hip pop, a hip pop, a hip pop. Then we moved to the workout room and there was a lot of tiny weights, a lot of tiny weight videos where she's just lifting her arms, okay? So we're we're evolving to that. Then we're in the Maui dance studio and Brittany's just freestyling. And then she moved into doing the kooky hand flicks, the little hand things where it's like she's conjuring up some sort of... uh, you know, she's going to like the moon is going to come down and be on earth and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. So it always was evolving and it was always changing. But I believe the very first Britney Instagram video was actually the Gimme More video. This is where it all began. And she says that she hates it. She thought it was tacky. But she did love that it was just very free and it was what she wanted to do. And I have so much respect for her as an artist. Like that that is the thing. Like you can't find anyone else on Instagram that that is doing what Britney does. And we we must we must tip our hat. We must tip our hat. The VMA performance of Gimme More. I also went back and watched that. 
Guys, whether or not it's the best Britney performance, it is an iconic Britney performance. We all know it. People talk about it still to this day. And then Britney talks about Justin's performance, how he was on top of the world, flirting with women, Nelly Furtado, and uh, did I say Furtado, like a Furtado that you eat? Furtado, Nelly Furtado, right? Anyways, everyone's on stage. Timberland, they're all on stage with Justin. He's on top of the world. I was like, I don't even remember this performance. Let me go back and watch that. Guess what, guys? It's good. It's fine. The dance break, very good. Really enjoyed that piece. But not memorable, not iconic. And also, I'm gonna I'm 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 gonna sound like Beverly Hills Housewives. I'm gonna sound like Sun, but name them. Name one iconic VMA performance by Justin Timberlake. You can even include in sync. Name them. Name them. Let me let me hear it. You can't. Brittany, we've got literally all of them. All of them are iconic. It's I can't believe that she would put herself down in that way. He was fine, but you know what, Brittany? Even if it wasn't your best performance, and even if you know people tried to tear it down, it was memorable. It was iconic. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, ninety-six percent replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a thirty-night guarantee. Plus, get fifteen percent off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Since two thousand thirteen, Bombas has donated over one hundred million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over one thousand one hundred and fifty-seven days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast. Code acast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. She talks specifically about the song "Hot as Ice," and I also so I went and I was revisiting that, and she said that it was one of the most spiritual recording moments of her life. And I I personally, listening to it over and over again, I'm like, why? What happened? I'm not feeling it on the other side. But she said that there were six gigantic guys in the room with me sitting there. That was probably one of the most spiritual recording moments of my life. Being with all those guys, quietly listening as I sang, my voice went the highest it had ever gone. I sang it two times through and left. I didn't even have to try. I also couldn't pinpoint when her voice was so high in that recording. But 
there is an uptick in paranoia when she was recording this album because she said it was, well, she first says it was the easiest, most satisfying of all the albums she had ever made. It came together very quickly. She would go into the studio, she would get in and she would get out. She would, you know, be there for an hour at a time. And she said it wasn't because she didn't want to be there. It was out of a necessity to protect herself because the paparazzi were waiting outside and would multiply the longer she would stay. And she said it was like Pac-Man being chased by ghosts. I do believe Brittany wrote that line. I will say that. Uh, so we see that the paranoia is, is, is upticking. And I'm sure a lot of us could relate to this. So the album was great. The album comes out. And she said, unfortunately, when family life is bad, that takes over and makes anything good on the other side feel less good. I was like, girl, I can relate. I can relate, Brittany. Brittany says something in these chapters where she talks about being a bad dresser. She said, I'm a bad dresser. I've always been a bad dresser. Now, on June 25th, 2021, I was laying on my couch and it was around the time where Brittany was about to be freed. And... I sat there and this is before the book came out, but I, you know, I just took it at face value. I was like, Brittany's bad dresser and I wanted to help her. And at the time I thought it was because that she didn't have the, the means she didn't have access because she was locked inside her home. And so I made a, a Pinterest board of things that Brittany should wear And this started a hobby for me. I'm going to call it a hobby. I make Pinterest boards for friends for their style and their look. And it really helped because this was, you know, we were coming out of the pandemic. So this was, you know, in June 2021, we're still in the pandemic, but people were like starting to, you know, how do I dress? Who am I? Like, what's my style? Is it all gone? Is it changing? Is it shifting? Because we had all been through so much. So I started making these Pinterest boards for many of my friends, but it started because I did one for Brittany and then I posted it on Instagram and my sister and a few of my girlfriends were like, oh my gosh, could you make one for me? And I said, absolutely, because I think it's not about dressing someone how I dress. So it's different than a stylist. I feel like sometimes stylists dress people you know, with their aesthetic, obviously they're, you know, they have a strong eye for me. My, my gift for this comes from loving people. When I love someone, I'm like, I love you. I see you. Oh my gosh. And I just see you. I just see you so clearly. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is what Brittany should be wearing. And so I've done this for many friends. And also when I was just in Miami this past weekend, I showed up and didn't, I, I'd been going nonstop. I showed up. I was like, I don't like what I packed to wear to this wedding. There was an Alice and Olivia right across the street. I went in, I got the most glorious yellow dress with huge sleeves. It was amazing. And it was very fun. Also, I just want you to know that this doesn't translate to me. I can't see myself the way I see other people. I mean, duh, this is, you know, tale as old as time, but I, I, I'm getting better at it. I'm getting better at it, doing it for myself. So I get this dress and then the next day I'm like, we should go back. It's right across the street. All my girlfriends. I'm like, let's go. I picked out outfits for my girlfriends and my one friend, she put on this outfit and I said, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you, you must buy this entire outfit. And she walked out mad at me, but you know what? She walked out with a great look. So there you go. So I'm, I'm going to repost some of these photos, but I basically envisioned Brittany in 
a lot of Isabel Marant. So we're doing a lot of cowboy boots with mini skirts, really fun sweaters, a lot of Alice and Olivia. So like a lot of bodycon dresses, but we're not doing here very legere. We're doing, you know, an updated sexy. Um, I also picked out a couple of Mew Mew outfits for her. Like, and this again was the time when she was about to be free. And so there's this great Mew Mew outfit that I posted and it was like a black leather mini skirt, but it was very, it had like scalloping on the end. So it was very feminine. And then it had this little sweater, short sleeve sweater top, very form fitting. And it had like a cute little bow in the center of it, but just so adorable. And I was like, this is the outfit Brittany can wear when she uh, meets her new lawyer and business manager at the Sunset Tower. So I'll repost some of these, but they were, I mean, very cute. Oh, I had like a date night with Sam, you know, RIP to Sam and Brittany's relationship. But yeah, there is some really, really cute stuff here. And I mean, this was from three seasons ago, but very cute. Oh yeah, I can't wait to repost this for you guys. Um, like a leather short with a, this like buttery leather blazer and like a black knee-high boot. Oh my God, incredible. Um, And I said that she can wear that when she tells her dad to fuck off. So I just wish now cut to Britney's free. It's not about the access to the money. It's that she is just a bad dresser. But Britney was correct. So she was right in the book when she said she's a bad dresser. She always has been. I love that Britney gives due to Paris Hilton and their relationship. She is like Paris is everything. She loved Paris. Paris was so warm and so kind. What we have all discovered is that Britney just just wants kindness, peace, and calm. And Paris gave that to her. Justin was that for her. Felicia was that for her. And she talks about Jason Trawick. So guys, I cannot tell you how I got my hands on this, but I will tell you this, that when Jason, well, let me start here. So Jason Trawick was an agent at CAA and everyone, and when I say everyone, I mean everyone has said that he is the nicest guy, okay, the nicest guy, and more than that, a baby whisperer, that he, that baby, all babies love him and that he is the warmest, kindest person, okay, and this is from multiple people, multiple people, people I'm very close with, okay, have said nothing but the nicest about him. I got my hands on something that he made. He made a teaser. He was taking a show out based on his life. And this was four years after he and Brittany broke up. And he made this teaser. And it was basically like, but he did it all wrong. I'm just going to say. He might have been a great agent and also a baby whisperer, but he did this wrong as far as writing because what he should, he ended up writing this. He wanted to write a show about an agent who was a great agent, then dates someone famous, comes out of the relationship. And I think he used, yeah, he used his own name and that the, it starts where he's trying to like rebuild his career. And it was kind of like he was trying to do it in the tone of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Obviously, we didn't nail that tone, but it was, it was, you know, I'm being, I'm being harsh, but I think it should have been more about, obviously, the Britney of it all, because it's like, what's the hook? We don't care about this journey. And I think ultimately, that's probably why he didn't sell it. 
But, you know, I think he was trying to he was trying to process things. But I've seen the teaser. I've seen the teaser. It it and when I say guys like this is something that you use internally to sell a show. Sometimes people will do different things like this. So he shot something and it's like a proof of concept. So you're like, this is what it will look like. This is what it will feel like. This is like, this is the show. So if you bought it, like you don't have to like use your imagination as I'm sitting in a room just telling you what it would look like. You can actually watch this thing. So it's not like he, and and he wasn't, and I think that he didn't talk about the Britney piece of it because he didn't want to exploit her. It was more like he wanted to explore what his life was like after the breakup. So honestly, he cared about Brittany. He wasn't trying to like trash her or move his career along because of the relationship. But the way Brittany talks about, she just is like, he was nice to me. So we started to date. We ended up dating for a few years. She's like, and then we get engaged even. She doesn't really talk about like the love between them. She's just like, yeah, it was great. Like, it was, it's kind of like I knew this guy once, but it's like you were engaged to him. And she she did say things, and this made a lot of sense, that things changed when he became the co-conservator of her of her of her life. And knowing how sensitive Brittany is and how she truly felt trapped, and that there always has been like a a, a hint of paranoia, again, totally understand. It tracks, makes sense, that Brittany suddenly fell out of love with him and she didn't like that he was the co-conservator and I'm sure she's probably thinking like well is it does he love me or is he taking advantage of me when in reality everything I've heard about this guy is that he has a really pure heart and he was probably just trying to do the best by Brittany and to hopefully I'm sure to that Jamie would no longer you know be in charge of her conservatorship and that then he would as her husband. But he breaks up with her. He writes a letter and she's like, I didn't care though because I didn't love him anymore. And he left. Another thing that I had heard was that it was like crazy. It was like the second they broke up, it was it was just like, you know, he's out of the house. It's like, it, And it's like goodbye forever. It's like he never spoke to her again. His entire life had changed. And she said you know, I don't know. I feel like he was going through some sort of midlife crisis or something because he frosted the tips of his hair and was like suddenly like surfing and like hanging out with all these different guys. And it's like, Brittany, you you think he was maybe going through a midlife crisis? He was going through an he was absolutely going through an identity crisis. He was he this is again where Brittany has no idea that she's Britney Spears. It's like he was with Britney Spears living in your house being a co-conservator, no longer going to the office, being a CAA agent, totally living in Britney land. And then the relationship is over, which he ended respectfully, writes you a letter, but then it's like, boom, you're never speaking again. Of course, the man went to the beach, got himself some frosted tips and was like, who am I now? That's also Kennergy. We've got, we've got it. We've got a theme going here. We got Justin. We've got, we've got Jason. These, these are Kennergies. Brittany dates Kens. But are, here's a question. Are we all dating Kens? Like, is Van a Ken? I don't think Van is a Ken. Van is more of an Allen. But, like, Sam is definitely a Ken. He's 100% a Ken. But I just thought that was 
hilarious that Brittany's like, I don't know. He was going through an identity crisis or something, I think. It's like, yeah, he sure was. He sure was. All right, guys, I just want to say this. We're going to jump in. I had the opportunity to talk to friend of the podcast, Bobby Rogers. I met Bobby through the podcast, through DMs, and then we met in the parking lot of the In The Zone experience, which I know now looking back, guys, In The Zone, I shouldn't have gone. We were supporting. We were supporting Jamie Spears. And listen, we all knew when we got there because it was it was tragic. There was not a, a hint of, of Brittany to be found in there. So, you know, it's gone also during the pandemic because that happened right before the pandemic. The In the zone stayed up for, I think, a year. It was crazy. It was just like, it was just standing there like frozen in time and like a, like a haunted house. And now that building has been completely torn down. <laughs> um, so Brittany put a spell. Brittany put a spell on that on that in the zone building, um, and and now it's come down. I, Brittany might be a very talented witch. She is so sensitive to all of the elements, and I just love her. But let me come back to my dear friend Bobby. So Bobby and I met in the parking lot, recorded an episode. So if you want to go back and listen to my first meeting with Bobby. I didn't know if he was going to, you know, murder me or become my friend. And I'm so happy to say it was become my friend. And we talked about Britney Spears in my car, in the parking lot of the In The Zone experience in West Hollywood. And now Bobby and his husband have been really going through it. And I wanted to share this This episode will come out the day after Thanksgiving, and I just think that if there's one thing I've learned from this community, you know, I talked about wanting to find my people, and I did, and Brittany people are the best people. It's an amazing community, and I think that, you know, a lot of us will be able to relate, connect, empathize to Bobby, uh, Bobby's story, and also I wanted to talk to him because... I hope that someone out there listening can extend specific support or, you know, can relate and has been through something similar or can help Bobby and his husband on their journey to becoming parents. So I hope you enjoy my brief chat with Bobby. And he also saw the Britney Spears musical twice on Broadway. So we're going to get also a review, a fun review Uh, of that. I hope you all had a great holiday. And I just want to say thank you so much. I have learned so much about Brittany through doing this podcast. But like more than that, I really have enjoyed getting to know this community. And I feel so blessed to be a part of it. Not even kidding. Okay, guys, see you next week. So I'm sitting here with Bobby Rogers. And if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that Bobby and I met in the parking lot of planned. We planned to meet for the first time in the parking lot of the In The Zone experience. And I thought it would be fun to have another fan's point of view uh, of the In The Zone experience. And so we planned to meet in the parking lot. And we did. And then we recorded an episode of the podcast in my car. <laughs> And it was great. And then we kept, we've kept in touch ever since. And I I think, you know, there are so many gifts of doing the podcast that 
I still, even all these years later, haven't really fully processed. And you are definitely one of them. And I'm so glad that that we know each other. But when we were referring to, you know, you going through a trauma, you are not exaggerating. And I asked you if you would be open and, and willing to share. And I, you know, if when when talking about Britney Spears, I feel like it opens us up to to dig into our shadow sides. And, you know, after reading this book, you know, she she really doesn't shy away from talking about some dark parts of herself and also some, you know, and then just some bad things that have happened to her. And, you know, you've communicated that you feel comfortable sharing with with us. What have you and your husband been experiencing the past couple of days? We've been together 15 years. If you look at our wedding video, everything said, we're going to have a family. We're going to, we're going to do this. Right. And two years ago, we found an adoption agency and we went through a lot. It was, it's, it's very invasive and it was therapeutic. There was, there was a lot happening anyway. Are you talking about the application process to adopt? Yeah. It's literally very invasive. Like it's triggering actually. So we go through physicals, blood work, fingerprint screening, and then they take you through this process of asking all these questions and, you know, brings you back to your childhood and everything. And Steve and I both have this childhood that we are very strained from our fathers. But when I was thinking about reading Brittany's book and the trauma she's been through, I was like, I can relate to that. Like the shit that Jamie did to her, Mm -hmm. maybe not directly happened to us, but like, I know what it's like to have a toxic father and so does Steve. And so anyway, our road to adoption was we're going to break the cycle. We want to be these great dads, right? And we go through all of this and we match with the mother 24 hours after our profile went live after every everything we went through. We didn't think negatively about it, right? We're just like, we won't have a baby. We're, this is going to be amazing. And we followed every text. She sent us sonograms. She wanted to be my cousin. We had a gender reveal party. Um, she wanted to know his name, see the nursery, everything, right? And then... 24 hours before this baby was supposed to be born, which is today, we found out from our attorney via email that she's decided not to match. And I, I almost, I was at Starbucks, actually. I was finishing work on a Saturday morning and I hadn't, like, I almost passed out. I blackout rage. I called my cousin Kira. We were all the things Steve, Steve and I weren't even together. And we found out that she was terminating this, right? In hindsight, we've now learned that we've been some, a couple that has been taken advantage of Mm. and we're not alone. It's, it's weird. I I'm, I'm usually much more easily able to articulate what I'm saying, but it's so like new and raw. You haven't yeah. even had the opportunity to make sense of 
this. I mean, it's, right. it's major right. whiplash. Just, it's major right. emotional you, whiplash. If you follow me on social media, I, I'm like the, when shit goes low, go high. Like, I'm like, we are going to make a triumph out of a tragedy, whatever. I mean, like I was in the gym the next day when we found this was happening. Cause I was like, you know, uh, this is raw. This is random. Sorry. No, don't apologize. That's the, that's the last thing you should be doing right now. One, I'm so sorry. And I know every listener is so sorry that you and your husband are going through this and following you on social media, the way your family, uh, your extended family and your friends and your community were, were, well, getting ready to welcome Rally. this, like, this don't baby. Don't fuck with the gay. Don't fuck with the gay army, right, Jack? <laughs> yes. Like they yes. fucked with the and wrong also, people. Also, I, I just want to say, like, you guys were really. I mean, talk about a shower, a baby shower. You you were showered with love, and you were showered with so much support from your, you know, your entire community, including. Celebrities, Tamara, Judge, Vicky, Shannon DeBoer. We literally, I was like, I'm going to manifest this. We went to the Trace of Vegas at Stand Up Live, where I also met Robin, who is, you know, obviously the mother of Heather, Heather, Heather McMahon, who you're obviously connected to. Like, like, what is the universe doing? Like, it's wild. Like, when you think about it, and I manifested it, and I was like, I told Steve, my husband, I was like, I'm not leaving that building until we become best friends with Tamara Judge. <laughs> and, and be careful, it. Bobby. She's she. I'd be afraid to become best friends with her. However, it's good to have a strong bulldog in your corner. So there is that. But I, you're gonna. Your baby is out there. Your baby is out there. Yeah. It, your baby is are. on its way. I don't know how. And I and I I think you know. I just I can't imagine what you're going through. And also. Anyone who wants to be a, a parent deserves to be a parent. Again, you went to a Catholic, you went to a Catholic grade school, right? I did. Yes. I did. Want to know the full circle craziness? We've, I've now had three women that are, I'm old, I'm 43, that have reached out to us and been like, I don't know if, if, if it's our eggs, my vessel, we're old. They're literally saying, take our eggs. That is so beautiful. Yes. Okay. Well, listen, your baby is out there. Anyone is, feel free to, to reach out to Bobby. If you, if, you know, if you have experienced something like this yourself, or you have friends who have, or if you have any words of wisdom, if you have any connections that you could make with Bobby, you know, Please reach out, Bobby. What is your Instagram if you feel comfortable? No, I'm so it's Bobby J. Rogers. Um, and yeah, I would just say, like, just know that we unfortunately were led down the wrong road by someone that we thought we were building a great relationship with, you know, and it didn't happen for us. But the biggest thing that I would say is that if you're someone that's out there and you want to adopt or you know, gay or straight, doesn't matter. You have to open your heart to let love in, but just proceed with caution. Like that's, that's what I would say. It's so hard because it, when it comes to, you know, having a baby, so you want to have an open heart and you're excited and you want to, you know, 
wrap your loving arms around the whole entire situation. But at the same time, it's so important to protect yourself. And I think that's really good advice also for anyone who's listening. And when I think about reading Brittany's book, I mean, we all cried. We, it was just, it's how we became best friends with her, right? It was like, oh, that's why we love her as someone that has met her. You know, you just, it's like full circle moment. Like I, I've literally met her in her, I don't even know what it was. God, that, 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 when I think about that every time video was dropping and when you now know what that meant and it just makes you connect with her in a whole different way. But I guess what I'm saying is we are, my husband and I want to be the fathers that break the cycle and Brittany had that father that we want to not fucking let that happen again, ever again, ever again, ever again. Well, you are, you are, you are going to break that cycle. And you know what? You'll be able to say, hit me baby one more time. It'll be, you know, the next baby that comes around, that's going to be your baby, Bobby. That's going to be your baby. Can we transition to something that's fun about Britney Spears? Oh yes, please. Can we live in the light? Can can we bask you know, in the light for a second? You know, I'm, uh, you you know, I like I I my life lives in Britney Spears. You watch me on social media. I, you well, know I'm going to ask you because I never made it to New York City to see the Britney Spears musical, and I know that you did. Oh God! So, give the listeners your off the cuff review of the musical. Wow! And be honest. All right. So let's, Jen. I didn't just see it once. I saw it twice, manifested it with my cousin, Kira, that we were going to go to New York. We did this amazing experience. We, you know, went to Central Park. We did all of the, you know, we went to, we went to Bavette. We went to all of the places that Taylor Swift loves. We, you know, Andy Cohen, I was like, please let me meet him. So we go, we see this. And of course, I don't just go to see this musical. I'm like, we have to sit front row. Like I, I told Kara, I was like, we're, we're, it's a full send. Um, and we wore our Britney's Instagram's art t-shirts, which we also wore when we met you, Jen, right? Yeah. On the podcast, which is great. If anyone that is a fan of Britney Spears and wants to feel validated that her story was told this musical did it and she supported this musical which she put on social media right and i i i remember kira and i we actually um i i got to i walked up to the director on uh, the choreographer him and his wife and i was like just thank you for putting this into existence and it, it's just one of those things where it's the tiny chairs <laughs> when you watch her on her Instagram. Yes. They were there. So like the, it's, there's so many things about that musical that uh, it, it's literally still chilling. Like they picked um, some of her music that she never got to perform, you know, brightest morning star from Brittany Jean is still one of my favorite. Like it touches me. The first time I saw it with Kira, um, one of the cast members, I was front row, saw me wearing Britney's Instagram's art. And she was like, I see you. I recognize you. Yes. Like you're, you're a person. And then um, fast forward outside of that, I, I, you know, was 
um, in New York for Raising Canes. I was like, I, I have to go one more time. I'm going to go there. And I sat front row again. And Jen, you don't even know the story. So it, it's wild. I'm a huge Kelly Clarkson fan, like massive. Justin Guarini in that musical was brilliant. So I'm re full circle moment. I'm, I'm walking through Times Square. It was, I'm on this high, like this is the second time. And he's in front of me and I tap him on the shoulder and I've said, I just need to let you know that that was beautiful. And he, he looked at me and he said, we just have the best time on stage. And part of me said, I should have taken a selfie. And when you're thinking about when I took that picture with Brittany and I didn't, but I had that moment with him and wow. I like, yeah, but you had the moment, you know, like that's, that's what it's all about. Why didn't you get to go? What happened? Well, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest and, and tell you that I was in New York and I was planning on going to see the musical and going to see the Britney musical. And then I got offered tickets to go see Shucked. Oh, and I just, I, I, just, I, mean, ugh, and I had read fuck. some reviews that if you love Britney Spears, you'll love the musical. But as a whole, the musical, you know, wasn't that great. And I had heard great things about Shucked. And so I went to Shucked. So I think, again, we're connected. The universe said, Jen, you go to Shucked. Bobby, go. Jen will check up on you and we'll figure out what happened. And, oh God, I mean, it is literally like the the best way that they could pay homage her is it's it's insane. And it wasn't the biggest crowd. There wasn't the most people there, right? That's why they couldn't continue. The swag sucked, by the way. Can we talk about, oh my God. Oh, the tell, swag. Tell, please share. It was Dad. not good. Well, like Kira and I were like, this, this is what you're going to do. Like it's Broadway, bitch. That's <laughs> what you're going to give us. <laughs> like, that's it. Oh my God. It's Broadway, bitch. <laughs> like, okay. Great tagline, but we need more. And the cast, it was just energizing. Like they're dancing. They're, I mean, th- they they were committed. Well, it's Broadway, bitch. They better be. Yeah, they better have been. I think what's cool about Britney. So she started her career in New York, right? And I think about that. Her having this show was a way to pay it forward to those people that performed in her show. It had the most amount of first-time Broadway performers. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, listen, Bobby, I want you to get back to your husband. I know that I'm not the only one thinking this right now. I'm rooting for you, and I'm rooting for you guys. And I can't wait to celebrate when you share the good news that – that your baby is home with you. Yeah, no, thank you. Like our, my biggest thing, I guess, is that people are like, you're so resilient. Like I'm proud to know you We're whatever, I guess everyone can make a tragedy out of a tragedy. We're making a triumph out of a tragedy. So that's our platform. And that's, thank you. I'm sending so much love your way. And thank you for taking the time to, to talk to everyone and, and, and share your story. All right. Well, listen, I love you. And I'm going to be checking in with you. Sit out. Thank you again so much. Bye.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.